In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. is because men of God are charging the gates of hell with squirt guns and taking ground. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we, we salute, salute you. I want to roll. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and this is your Equipping Men in 10. I'm here in the studio with my good friend, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? What is going on? Just hanging out with you today, enjoying the beautiful weather. <laughs> I keep cloudy. waiting for summer to come. It's <laughs> July. It's time. This is We live in Oregon for July, and July has been cloudy. Day three of clouds. So it's a beauty. Uh, welcome to the PNW, baby. <laughs> hey, do you have a man law for me today? Yeah, and I want to I want to use this uh, piggybacking off of last uh, equipping, and this is to stop worrying about the things women are doing, what they should and should not do, and step up and be a man. And you need to do your part as as so a woman doesn't have to step up and do your job. Yeah. So if we would just concentrate on us being a man and not worrying about all that other stuff, is it okay if she's doing this and that? Dude, just be a man. That's all you got to do. Well, it reminds me of, you know, I watched these, I coached football and played college football, and I, I watched these games, and these teams are dominating and, until they get ahead and the game is on the line, and then they go into a prevent defense, and the team moves down and scores and beats them. I never understood the mentality, and I think with men a lot of times, we have kind of thrown in the towel because we're like, oh, or, we, or in the church we focus on the women, what the women shouldn't do and should do, and who cares about the women? Focus on what you should do. Right. I mean, focus on, your, I had a college football coach said, do your job. Yeah. Just do your job. If you do your job, this is why football is the greatest sport ever invented, because it takes 11 <laughs> men moving in, moving in synchronization or synchronized every single play. If one man jumps off sides, it's a penalty. Every man has to do his job every single play. And we just need to focus as men on what is our job. Right. I don't, I mean, it's, I don't, my view of women doesn't matter. Right. I mean, I'll never get into that kind of contest or, you know, And it's not to theologic. outdo her. No. That's not your problem. Just do what you're called to do. Outlove her, outserve her, and beyond that, let her do what God is calling her to do. So our stance on women in the church and women in leadership is we don't have a stance. 
<laughs> I mean, we focus on men. Why do we right. waste our time with a stance that doesn't matter to our mission? And we love women. Yeah, man. I'll tie. Well, I love one. I'm not Mormon, yeah. but oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I love I love my mom and my granddaughter. So I do love three women. So uh, that is true. And I'm going to be loving daughters-in-law someday. So yeah. hey, I want to get into the meat of our podcast. And um, last week we did address the thoughts, our thoughts on women and the church compared to men. And we, really, we just basically said, women obey God's call, pursue His mission for you. Uh, and men, we just said, hey, that's not your problem. So uh, you just serve God and do your thing. But today I want to do is I want to move into the book of Acts, uh, chapter 2. For those of you guys who are not uh, uh, Bible guys, or maybe you're listening to podcasts, you're not, you're just kind of not there yet in your journey. You're exploring different things. Uh, the book of Acts is the, basically it's a book that uh, dis- describes in detail the launch of the first church and the current church. It's the, the launch of the New Testament church. So I want to look at Acts chapter 2, verses 12 through 14, and I want to look at two buts, and, and one of them is definitely not yours, Dale. So oh. uh, Acts chapter 12, uh, I want to read this to you guys, and if you have our Men in the Arena uh, mobile app, uh, you can get this and read it yourself. And basically, it said, or if you buy our Men in the Arena Bible through our gear oh, page yeah. with uh, with a fifteen hundred video links that Gene gets is put together. This is awesome. You can open that up as well. But Acts chapter two, verse twelve through fourteen, it says this. And they continue. People are speaking in tongues. Uh, it's mayhem in the city of Jerusalem. And it says, and they all continued in amazement and great perplexity, saying to one another. What does this mean? Verse 13, but others were mocking and saying, they're full of sweet wine. In other words, they're drunk. There's your first but. Others were mocking, but others were mocking. Verse 14, but Peter, so there's your second but, but Peter taking his stand with the 11 raised his voice and declared, and you know from the rest of this passage, as you go into your own personal study, 3,000 souls were saved in that moment, and the church as we know it was launched, has been has been kicking butt and taking names ever since. And so here's what I want to tell you guys. It takes more than one man to charge the gates of hell. You cannot do this alone. One out of seven men in the church, one out of 18 men out of the church are involved in some kind of a group, but you need to be involved in a group. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build the church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. A lot of discussion about what this rock means. You know, is Jesus talking about himself? Is Jesus talking about Peter? We don't, we, you know, as we contextualize it, a lot of people have different thoughts, but the bottom line is Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Have you thought about this? The reason, why does hell have gates? Gates are a defensive mechanism. Gates are uh, playing prevent defense and football. Gates are to protect from what is coming at you. And the reason hell has gates is because men of God are charging the gates of hell with squirt guns and taking ground. We are pushing back the darkness and winning souls for Christ. And when Paul or when Peter stood up with the 11, he began to push back the gates of hell. But a man who stands alone is in danger 
of being deceived by the obnoxious voices of mockers and skeptics of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Look at verse 13. It says it right there. Others mocking were saying, there will always be voices mocking you as you charge the gates of hell with a gun. That's why you don't charge the gates of hell alone. Jesus, as a leader, gave us a great example in Luke chapter 6, verse 12. It says this about Jesus. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. And when day came, he called his disciples to him and chose 12 of them who he named as apostles. Now listen to what happens next in verse 14. Simon, Peter, and Andrew, his brother. James and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James son of Alphaeus and Simon the Zealot, Judas son of James and Judas Iscariot. Did you notice what happened there? Let's read Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Now after this the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them out in pairs ahead of him to every city and place where he himself was going to come. In other words, whenever Jesus sent out his guys, he sent them in groups of two. In fact, the word apostle literally means sent ones, and he sent them out in groups of two. Our faith, guys, is not done alone. You cannot become your best version without having others with you. We learned from our Men in the Roof series that that man was healed because of the faith of his buddies, not his own faith. We had a guy who's on one of our men in the arena teams, his name is Les, told a great story of his life, born and raised without a dad, doesn't know who his dad is, lived on the streets for a season fatherless. He just really didn't have any understanding He had a, of God or, or what it meant to be a man. He had a radical experience with God where God actually healed his back through a TV evangelist on TV. He's, his wife is watching his TV evangelist and the guy was praying for healed backs and his back got healed. Anyway, it's a crazy story, but they kind of brought him to Christ. He had no idea what to do. He got involved in a men arena team where, where older men began to mentor him and walk alongside of him. Now he's got four or five men that are deeply invested in his life. He's a leader in his church. Uh, he's a godly man. He's he's uh, God has redeemed his family. Uh, man, it's just been really, really awesome to watch his story. Uh, but here's what we learned from Les. Who is standing with you? More, more, more important, who is standing for you? Who are the men on your roof? Who is lifting your arms, book of Exodus with Moses? Who is carrying your burdens, Galatians 6, 1 and 2? Who is with you during those times in life when you're in the dark cave of Adullam? You can read about that in 1 Samuel. Men, listen to me. I'm just going to tell you this and walk away. We are getting ready to launch something really exciting in the fall. Last year, I had a virtual team. We did a, we did a, a year's worth of small groups. Uh, going through, going through uh, our Men in the Arena resources. I had six guys on our team, or seven guys on our team from six different states, New Hampshire, Mississippi, Missouri, Texas, Oregon, and Nevada. And these guys all met together and uh, once a week and had a great time. We have a thread that goes on and on and on and on. We never stop communicating. This was such a great experience for these guys who have never even seen each other face-to-face. It's been a wonderful experience, so wonderful that we are launching 10 new teams in the fall. 
virtual team. So it doesn't matter where you are in this world. If you want to lock arms with other guys, you need to talk to us because we're going to be doing this thing and we're looking for basically a hundred guys to launch this thing. And uh, from there, who knows what God will do, but we're looking for guys to do that. So if you're interested in being a part of a great community, go for it, guys. We want to invite you in to lock arms with other men in the arena. Guys, hey, why don't you head on over to our website, menarena.org, grab your free PDF version of our bathroom book for men. And when you do, we'll also add you to our weekly equipping blast just for you. It's designed to help you become your best version. And also go on to Facebook and join the Men Arena Closed Facebook Forum for Men. Uh, We have a new website launching here in the next month. And on it will be a platform for guys who don't have Facebook. So it's going to be really, really exciting. We're excited about that platform. Hey, guys, did you know that the Men Arena is a nonprofit, crowdfunded organization that exists to inspire you to become your best version? And because of our financial champions, we're able to freely offer this podcast weekly equipping blasts and discussion forums, plus our small group resources for missionaries and men in underdeveloped nations. That's such a cool deal. You can find out more about how you can be a uh, financial champion at meninarena.org. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get Get out of the bleachers. Get in the game. Charge hell with a squirt gun. Grind it out and be a man. Men in the arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us along with thousands of men from around the world. Check out our Men in the Arena forums. You can join on Facebook or on our website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's bathroom book for men, The Field Guide. It's a daily study of manly words with epic stories in the Bible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.